This is episode 338 of The Real Me and Colin, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to take a look at the West Side Story 2021 version. Will Steven Spielberg be successful in the musical genre? Well, you just have to tune in and find out. This episode starts right now. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 338 of The Real Me and Colin, a movie podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chase Lee, and thank you for joining me on this day or night or whenever you're listening to this. You guys are awesome. And before we begin this episode, if you could please spread this episode around and let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to, that would be much appreciated. All you guys' love and support throughout all these years just makes me be filled with so much joy and my heart is full at all times because you guys give me the motivation to keep this going. I love talking about movies and I'm glad there's people out there, wonderful people such as yourselves, to sit and listen to me ramble every single week about what is going on in the movie world. So I really do appreciate uh, every single one of you. This is episode 338. Like I said up at the top, I will be going over West Side Story is the big movie that's coming out this week, uh, directed by Steven Spielberg. It's like, this is the first time he's ever done a musical. Super stoked. So, and I'm not one to, like, you know, jump into musicals or whatever and be excited about them. But this one, um, yeah, this one has me intrigued. So, uh, tune in uh, to find out what I thought about the movie. That will be the main review and the only review for this episode. I don't really have anything else to go over. Um, Excuse me. Uh, I am still coming over uh, like a cold or allergies or whatever the heck it is. Um, I'm at the tail end of it. Uh, My sore throat and my coughing is not near as bad as last week. So that's a good thing. Um, And I've only had it for like six or seven days. So it's very possible it'll last for a few few more days. But if I uh, slur my words or if I'm... uh, um, feeling a little groggy or you know if I'm coughing like you'll know why um so that is what's going on in my world uh so that's it Uh, episode's over uh I've been sick all the past two weeks um no I uh you know I'm just fighting through it um I I went to a couple screenings this week uh I went to Swan Song uh on Monday the Mahershala Ali film that uh is in select theaters and premieres on Apple TV plus uh next week December 17th, so you guys will get a mini review of that, and then I saw Being the Ricardos last night, that one uh, is in select theaters this Friday, December 10th, but it hits Amazon Prime Video uh, December 21st, so I'll probably have the review closer to that, just because, um, you know, that's when, like, a lot more people have the uh, option to see it, so I think I'll just, I'll get it closer to there. And then tomorrow I have a screening of The King's Man, so that will be uh, exciting. I always like those films. I even like The Golden Circle, so I don't care what anyone thinks. I I like this franchise, so I'm curious to see what a prequel will do. That one opens on the 22nd of December, so I will have that review around the same time as Being the Ricardos, um, and that will be your podcast episode. So Being the Ricardos and... um, the King's Man will not be two separate reviews. That will be the episode for that week. Um, that way, next week, you guys will get Spider-Man No Way Home uh, as the podcast episode. Swan, <coughs> excuse me. Swan Song will be the um, uh, mini review of next week. Spider-Man No Way Home podcast episode. The following week, you guys will get 
being the Ricardos and the King's Man as your episode with um, the tragedy, the tragedy of Macbeth as a mini review, as well as I believe, yeah, episode six will premiere at that point. So you'll probably get Hawkeye four through six second half season review. So yeah, a lot of stuff uh, over the next uh, five weeks. And then I'm also going to try to watch uh, some screeners that have been sent. Um, I want to try to get to the French Dispatch. Uh, come on, come on. Uh, at Zola, Red Rocket, and what was the other one I said I was going to do? I forgot. Uh, so those will be sprinkled out as well. Um, and I might just make the A24 lump into its own separate episode. But anyways, all that to say, you guys will be getting content this month for sure. So there's no... Um, <clears throat> There's no gaps or anything. Uh, you will have something. And then, of course, next week, just be another warning. The Spider-Man episode will be filled with spoilers. It just will. I might talk about it briefly and like what I briefly thought about it. But once that gate is lifted, I, I'm, I'm going to just go full blown on into everything that has happened. Just because it, there's going to be so much to talk about. It's going to be hard to not talk about that stuff. So uh, another warning. But that's what next, week, next week's episode will be. As far as uh, other things that I've caught up on, I'm trying to think what I have watched. Oh, um, you know, when I watched uh, Spencer and Pig for you guys, I also watched uh, Possessor because that was from uh, Neon last year. Didn't get a chance to watch it. <coughs> Excuse me. And I wanted to see uh, what the hype was all about because I'm a huge fan of body horror uh, cinema and just freaky stuff, and, you know, David Cronenberg um, is one of those uh, filmmakers that I just, I cannot look away, uh, even though I have no idea what I'm watching half the time, I still enjoy, um, you know, just what's going on in that man's head, so Possessor is directed by his son, Brandon Cronenberg, and it's, it's good, it's a good one, um, you know, I would say it's a good foundation for Brandon's career, and to see where he goes from here, Um but yeah, it, it's uh, it's definitely just as graphic and and crazy as his father's movies. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's an enjoyable film. It's very very science fictiony, very very uh, horror as well. So um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So if Possessor is one of those ones on your list, like I said, it is very graphic and brutal. So it's not something you can just pop in the living room with your kids running around or whatever. But um, that's that's a good one if, if you're in the iTunes store on Vudu or whatever and you want a horror movie to watch. So forgot to mention that last week. <coughs> My God. Um, even the tail end of the, the, the cold and allergies still get you. Um, I should have turned this into a, a, a cold and flu and sinus um, podcast. I don't know what I would talk about. I guess just like in real time, like what my symptoms are and like, just have it recording for two weeks straight and just be like, okay, so today um, we have this that's going on. I'm literally dying on the inside. Um, that would be a hilarious uh, podcast idea. So um, anyways, uh, my brain is foggy, guys, uh, but thank you for bearing with me on my my tangents. So I'm trying to think of what else I caught up, <coughs> caught up on. Um, Boy, it's been a long week. I haven't really watched anything. Because like I said, I did Swan Song, being the Ricardos. Um, I'll definitely watch episode four of Hawkeye tonight. 
uh, might watch the French Dispatch tonight. Um, or a Christmas movie. I have no clue. Um, anyways, uh, that's that's a good little um, good little segment. Uh, what kind of Christmas movies do you guys like? Uh, I remember growing up, uh, really just loving uh, Home Alone. That was my go-to movie. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I know that sounds just absolutely uh, super attractive uh, hearing that through a microphone. So sorry if I just like bursted your eardrums with that. Um, Home Alone actually came out the year I was born. So that was that movie is going to always be special to me no matter what, just from that level. And then it's also a classic. Like I just I love that movie to death. And that was my favorite kind of Christmas movie growing up. And of course, when I was like a teenager, you know, I really liked watching Elf. I still like watching Elf, but that was kind of my new uh, my new one. And then um, let's see. <laughs> um, trying to think of like Christmas movies I've seen as a as an adult. That's a good question. I really, I really don't know. I guess, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Let me, uh, let me do this in real time. Let me go ahead and just pull these up and, uh, we'll see what's going on. Christmas movies into Google. And it's just like, just a plethora even though it is a Google search, so people are also <coughs> looking it up. 45 best Christmas movies. Oh, God. When the first one is The Princess Switch 3, you know you're in trouble. My God, are these all Netflix movies? They are. Get out of here with that. Anyways, uh, I know, like, growing up, like, my dad really likes the uh, Christmas story, so, like, I watched that quite a bit. Oh, Jingle All the Way. Um, that is also an absurd movie, but uh, I I have a great nostalgia for that one. I watched that one a lot as a kid, uh, too. And funny enough, uh, Jingle All the Way and Home Alone, both done by 20th Century Fox at the time. Now they're both Disney movies. Uh, and that's the cool thing about Disney Plus is that they have a, a great range of uh, Christmas movies on there from our youth and so great great kind of place to go to it but yeah Christmas movies are always like the best thing to watch like during um, <coughs> December obviously um, and so I, I want to know like from you guys what kind of Christmas movies you have been watching or you you know been ramping up to see which ones do you watch on Christmas Day and all that stuff this Christmas is going to be a little different this year um and I think I think I'll actually turn this into uh, an episode as well. Maybe for, maybe for the uh, the the final week in um, December, or maybe even this ain't the same week. Who I'm just gonna give you guys a bunch of episodes. But um, my wife and I want to see Licorice Pizza uh, when it comes out. So that that's kind of that'll be our Christmas movie this year. And I don't know if I told you guys this story, but <clears throat> but Paul Thomas Anderson's quite special to us. Um, he's always been special to me, uh, before I met my wife, just cause I, 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 enjoy his films. So I will follow that man everywhere that he goes. And no matter what movie he comes out with, I will be there. The reason why, uh, he is special to us is that, uh, we saw Phantom Thread together and we also went to one of those arcades where you can play video games. And then we also had uh, sushi that day. So it was, a, it was the best date that we had. Um, early on in our relationship, uh, to where we both knew, <coughs> excuse me, 
to where we both knew like we were each other's person. So, uh, so Phantom Thread has a, a really close, you know, spot to my heart. So that, that therefore Paul Thomas Anderson is, you know, someone that's special to both of us and she wants to see Liquor's Pizza. I want to see it. So that's going to be a special Christmas movie this year for us. So, uh, yeah, so looking forward uh, to that. But, yeah, I haven't really recalled watching anything else. Um, I'm, I'm even trying to, like, pinpoint, like, even, like, just goofy stuff. Like, because sometimes I'll play, like, comedies in the background of whatever I'm doing. Um, and I'll just kind of, like, have something going on. But, yeah, I can't really recall anything. So, um, like I said, it's just been kind of a, a busy week. Uh, next week, besides the Spider-Man screening... I don't really have any other screenings, so I might just do a lot more catch up then. But that is that is it. That's what's uh, that's what's been going on. Um, you know, just fighting through this um, uh, cold science, whatever, and then um, just catching up on all this stuff with you guys. So yeah. Um, so let's not waste any more time. Um, I guess a, a nice um, um, jump into a West Side Story is to tell you guys this. Never seen the original, um, so I, I it's one of those things to where I am not a big musical person. I don't really gravitate towards the the genre. When I see one I like, I'll, I'll acknowledge it, but it's not something I seek. So, but I like the trailers to this West Side Story. So I was like, "Hey, um, I, I'm down for it." And Steven Spielberg, huge influence on my entire life, uh, just as a film fan and. A, um, you know, a filmmaker like this man is, is, is very important to me. So I want to give it a shot um, just based on him and to see what he can do for doing a musical for the very first time. So uh, yeah, that's uh that's your little uh, kind of gateway into the review before we get into it. Uh, I've never seen the original, not a fan of musicals. So buckle up. I, uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy this, uh, this conversation. So uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about West Side Story and what Steven Spielberg does and, and whether he's successful at it. Um, it's going to be really fun to talk about, so I'll see you guys uh, here pretty soon. And welcome back from the break. Let's jump right into it. Let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about uh, something that I've never seen the original to and something that I don't really gravitate towards to genre-wise. It's going to be fun. Let's break down West Side Story 2021. So this one comes to us from 20th Century Studios, directed by the one and only Steven Spielberg. This is an adaptation of the 1957 musical West Side Story explores the forbidden love and rivalry between the Jets and the Sharks, two teenage street gangs of different ethnic backgrounds. The trailers to this one, with the combination of the cast, uh, the songs, the director, the way it looks, the way it moves, I was like, this is going to be something great. And I'm willing to sit down and enjoy this ride that is West Side Story. And so, um, I saw it. I like it a lot. This is a really good movie. Um, and this is coming from someone who does not really care for musicals. I'm not going to say I hate them. I just don't really care for them. I will enjoy some. But, you know, for the most part, it's not something I seek. 
this is something I would would want to rewatch. Um, I was kind of blown away by it. The fact that um, Spielberg has never done anything like this before, uh, and the man just continues to reinvent himself throughout his entire career, absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I think if you are a fan of the original, even though I've never seen the original, I think you'll like this one. If you are not a fan of musicals, give this one a shot. If your significant other is dragging you to this and you are dreading it, open up your mind a bit. I think you might be surprised. I was the same way. And I, I turned around on it. So uh, I was like, oh, wow, this is, that was great. I can't wait to see it again. Okay, so Steven Spielberg, what I like about his direction on this, uh, this film is that it moves with so much controlled energy. Every single frame in this film is filled to the brim with great direction and choreography and blocking and just movement, color, production design, costume, um, performance. Everything comes together. Like, from a directorial standpoint, I think this is a perfect movie. And I cannot believe that this man succeeded in delivering that when he's never done this before. I want to see him do more stuff like this. Uh, I think he has a real keen eye for musicals. I really think he does. Um, but this movie pops. It pops in every way, shape, and form, like I said, in all the different departments on this film. Everything just kind of comes together. But what I was most impressed by was the control in that he had this confidence in every single scene and the way it was framed and, like I said, the way it's edited and the way it moves and the performances they strike with such ferocity. And then when you get to these kind of like smaller scenes with all these emotional heart heart, heart pull, pull string moments, the heart pull string, guys, it's early. Even in the slower scenes when there's no uh, real like upbeat songs happening, it's more of like the, the slower tempo ones, there's an emotional swell between the characters and the story and the way it just grows and it's just kind of like a beautiful thing to watch unfold, Spielberg nails it there too. So the the big, grand, uh, grandiose, like lush song numbers, nails. The smaller ones that focus more on the characters and like what they're feeling and what's going through their head, also great. It's just everything about this from his standpoint is delivered with such ease. It's it's like he's been doing this for years. So I think Spielberg absolutely nails it. Writer Tony uh, Tony Kushner, who he has worked with uh, Spielberg in the past. Um, this man, let me just pull him up real quick. Yeah, he did Lincoln, Munich. Uh, so he's worked with Spielberg before. He is known to tackle you know historical events from what it looks like, but tackling West Side Story is such a huge departure from what he and Spielberg have already done, I was also impressed by the way this movie was was written. It was a really wonderful and sweet and just um, charismatic and, and heartbreaking romance. And I, I really liked the chemistry between the two leads and them bringing the, the words to life and the performances all coming together. It all starts with the script, right? But um, the, the script is really well handled and I, I, I felt that romance and I felt... Like, it wasn't cheesy. I didn't feel like it was um, this forced uh, old-school dialogue that didn't make any sense. And, like, they didn't adapt it for a modern age. It's, like, it, it's 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 got shades of 
you know, uh, what a film in the 50s would sound like and would look like, but also kind of have like this modern take on it. It's a beautiful marriage of kind of both worlds. Um, and, and I thought Kushner really uh, nailed it in, in that regard. So, man, I just... I, I'm just I'm just shocked that I, I liked it this much. All right, so now let's jump into the cast. So when you're watching a romance like this, uh, you want your two leads to have wonderful chemistry and really kind of bounce off of each other, and you can feel that love in the room and really connect with these people and really go along with their emotional journey. And the two people here uh, as leads, Ansel Elgort and Rachel Zegler, they knocked it out of the park. Uh, it's uh, watching their their love on screen, it felt really genuine and really sweet and just kind of real um, set in kind of like this fantasy world of, you know, musical numbers and everything. Uh, there's a lot of real stakes um, to this film. And I think, you know, whether it's the love or the the tragedy that happens, these performers uh, deliver it. In the two leads with uh, Elgort and Zegler, I, I think they did a fantastic job carrying the film. Uh, regardless of what I think of Elgort in his personal life, is I know that's going to be the elephant in the room, uh, given what has been he has been accused of and all that stuff. Setting that aside, and looking at this movie alone, he's good. So I'll that's all I'm going to say because I know a lot of people are going to be hesitant hesitant to watch this maybe because of him, but uh, for this particular case, which is this movie. He is good. He's solid. That's all I'll say. I was more impressed by everyone else. Not a knock on him. Him and Rachel did their did their thing, and I I enjoyed their their uh, on screen uh, relationship. But it was everyone else that did it for me. Rachel Zegler has been on my Twitter feed uh, because a lot of people I follow follow her, and they would like her tweets or or retweet or whatever. So I would see her pop up. <coughs> excuse me, I was here pop up occasionally. And I was like, Oh, wow, she's got a very bubbly personality. Like, she's perfect for Twitter. Um, and then when you click on her bio, it's like, okay, so this is the uh, person in West Side Story, she's just getting ahead of the, the game online. And she's, you know, just trying to make a, um, a presence for herself. So good for her. Um, she blew me away. She she's absolutely wonderful. And I, I, I hope she has a long career. That's all I gotta say. Uh, every single musical number I felt from her, there was so much passion and so much uh, intensity in the way she would um, convey just like her her emotions and her 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 dialogue, and it's just it was really captivating to see Rachel perform on that level, and I can't wait to see her future. It's absolutely uh, incredible start to her. So she was my my second favorite. My favorite of this entire cast is actually all of the supporting. Every single supporting actually blew me away more than the two leads. Ariana DeBoss, uh, she plays Anita. She plays um, Rachel Zegler's, uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, because it's her brother in the film, so I guess it would be technically her, her sister-in-law, but they're not really, I don't think they were married. They were just together. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, but... Uh, what a knockout performance. That is the type of performance that will <clears throat> deliver, smack you in the face, and go, hey, I'm going to be in the front running for uh, Best Supporting Actress at the award season. I think she's that good. 
Um, she was my wife's favorite when we saw it. That was her favorite. I'll get to uh, my favorite here in a second, but she is absolutely incredible. I, I really uh, loved her performance. And then David Alvarez, who is her um, her counterpart, um, her, her, her boyfriend or husband in the film, uh, he's also really great. Um, a lot of, a lot of pain inside that man's eyes. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I could really feel everything that he was going through. So my favorite by far was, uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. So I apologize. Mike face fast. I don't know if the eye is silent. The guy plays riff. He is the, um, the head, uh, and please excuse me. He's the. He was part of the Jets, right? See, this is what I get for not watching the original and, and seeing this movie like two weeks ago. I'm kind of like recalling everything. I've never seen this man before. I hope he's in more stuff. What a great kind of foil um, that cuts through the entire story. Like, not only is he kind of a good guy, bad guy, kind of like you don't know which way he's going to lean because he's so charming and like, you know he's got some good in him, but he chooses the wrong path each time, and you can tell it's because of his his upbringing and his background, and you know that like there's just a, a lot going on. Um, <coughs> he 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 is he was my favorite. He is like a bolt of lightning in in this already like um, fil, uh, already like filled to the filled to the brim of lightning moments. He stands out for me. Um, so. Uh, I would like to know everyone else's uh, favorites in order, um, but that is just kind of how uh, I view everyone. Okay. Um, production design and costuming, spectacular. I would not be surprised if this ended up being nominated in both of those categories and if they won. I've seen a lot of great films this year that look great um, aesthetically, uh, but this one uh, takes the cake. And I think... Seeing it in movement and seeing uh, so much kinetic pacing to it and just seeing the, uh, I guess, excitement and passion and, and just, um, like, uh, like I said, just kind of energy behind it, it really kind of pops more. And I think that's why uh, the overall production design and costuming and even makeup and hairstyling really just kind of uh, leaves a great impression when you get done with it, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and so, yeah, those are all fantastic. And let's get to the music. Like I said, never seen the original. Um, I saw Anger Management when I was, yeah, I guess a teenager, because it came out when I was 13. I had no idea that I'm So Pretty song came from this movie. So when it played... I was like, I cannot believe I was introduced to this song for the first time in anger management. Um, <clears throat> so I thought that was kind of uh, uh, interesting. But um, all the musical numbers were great. I was into every single song, so I was really, really enjoying myself. I don't know what else more to say about this film. Uh, this is a wonderful musical, and I think uh, if you are into musicals, check it out. If you want to see it because you love the original, check it out. You might like this one a little bit more. I have no clue. Um, and then if you are dreading to go see this because your significant other is dragging you, it's okay. I understand. We've all been there. Give this one a shot. I, I think uh, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. So that will do it for my review of 
uh, West Side Story, the 2021 version. What did you think of the film? Please comment down below and let me know your thoughts on the, this film, the original, what you think of musicals. Who is your favorite performer uh, in this uh, this film? I love the whole supporting cast. They were the the ones that took it for me, uh, including Mike uh, Face or, or Fast. That guy's incredible. Uh, I, he's a treasure. And that is my review of West Side Story. Please let me know down below if you have seen this new one, old one. Who was your favorite cast member? Please comment down below and let me know your thoughts. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that will do it for this episode. Episode 338 is in the bag. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. And uh, hopefully you'll go out there and check out West Side Story. I think it's uh, definitely worth your time. And if you can see it on the biggest screen possible, um, we kind of saw it on the IMAX, uh, not IMAX, but like Dolby uh, screen. So it was really great uh, sound quality and visuals. It, uh, it, it was a good experience. So yeah, I would, I would suggest to see this one in a theater ASAP. Um, next week, guys, this is it. Spider-Man, No Way Home. Oh my God, it's here. The craziness is going to begin. My head's going to hurt just from watching the movie and talking about it. There's going to be so much to unpack. Sweet God, I hope it's good. Because if, if, it is, if it is a trash movie, we've all been hyping it up to basically nothing. <laughs> so it's going to be very, very interesting. So uh, yeah, next week, uh, episode 339. <coughs> my God. Episode 339 uh, will be Spider-Man No Way Home. A uh, lot of spoilers, uh, very heavy spoilers. So just another warning once again, because that's the next time I'll see you guys. And then you'll also get a mini review of Swan Song. Um, a little precursor to that, don't sleep on it. It's um, not the best thing in the world, but um, surprising. I'll just say that. Um, comes out on Apple TV Plus uh, next Friday, December 17th, as well as select theaters. So those are the two pieces of content you're going to get next week. Maybe something more if I can get to uh, some of the movies in my pile, but uh, that is the uh, for sure things that you guys are going to get. So this has been episode 338. I am Chase Lee of the Real Me and Cole Me Movie Podcast. Holy crap. Hopefully next time I'm not uh, uh, sick and this has gone away. Uh, man, I deeply apologize, guys. I hate I hate coughing and doing all that on the mic. But um, yeah, um, this has been episode 338. I'm Chase. Real me call him. I'll see you guys uh, next week. You guys are amazing. Uh, thank you for joining me on this week's episode. And uh, I continue to uh, look forward to your presence in the future. So I will see you guys next week. Bye-bye.